You got the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me. That's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I am Jim Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge. <laughs> And you said, hey, I'm not a Chiefs fan anymore. I'm no. back with the Bears no, 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 because no. Justin Fields has it figured out. Chiefs win. Travis Kelsey's a GOAT. Patrick Mahomes is a GOAT. Andy Reid is a GOAT. Go Chiefs. Chiefs linebacker Leo Chanel. Death Broadcasting Row himself. From the Everlight Solar Studio with no idea. Irrelevant. Here's Jim Rutledge. Hamilton, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. I am Rutledge. Hamilton is in... Much more handsome all of a sudden. What? What's that? Mess. Hamilton is much more handsome all of a sudden. Nobody would say that. We're going to do that question to start the show. Boom. I yeah. think I'm better looking than Matt Hamilton. All right, 844-770-3776. Who has more Riz? Who's better looking? <laughs> like, how do we want to ask this question? Off of yesterday. Well, Riz is about pickup game. I don't know if this is No, Riz is charisma, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's charisma as part of pickup game, right? For, for the record, I'm already backing down. I, I'm going to lose this. Half of our following are curling people. Well, I just think Matt would 100% skew it oh, in yeah. his favor. Yeah. Like, he is competitive about curling and also competitive about if people, if he's up on anything, he's going to, it's like, fair. get upset about it. It's fair. But where do you think you outshine Mr. Matt Hamilton, Alex Strofe, uh, in the Riz or the the sex appeal, if you will? Where do I outshine yes. him? Yes, yes. I think my ego is smaller than his, and that's saying something. Yeah. I don't think that's the only thing that's smaller than his. <laughs> Are you implying <laughs> the guy whose show you produce has a large hands. part? Hands, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, big hands. It's curler. Big hands. I, I, don't, I don't love how Ryan just immediately jumped to the private area to defend <laughs> I, Matt Hamilton. Of course you went like that because you were falling well, short. <laughs> no, I no I, idea. I mean, Irrelevant. I'm not going to talk about that, but I, I I mean, we're literally 60 seconds into the show and and Matt Hamilton's privates have already been brought up by the show's producer. Uh, we're actually 166 seconds into the show. Thank you. And by the way, um, if you're going to lob it up there for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to slam it home. Right, like, yeah. You want to join my volleyball team it seems like you might be good at that i'm good um, thanks jim i texted you this morning you did <laughs> yeah clearly i had a busy day clearly you read you i texted me? you and ryan this morning and i, I pretty much maybe it was last night uh, but i pretty much just said I, I don't understand how weather works i've come to this realization over the course of the last 24 hours jim mm-hmm. now you had one of the most memorable rutledge rants of all time Mm-hmm. Uh, when you've gone full Rutledge, is when you admitted to us that you don't believe in meteorologists. That's not what I said, and I will stand by this still. And uh, you can, we're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. We're presented by Coors Light. The Monster Blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush Coors Light, which I'm going to do outside after the show's over. Uh, be careful. It might already be below freezing, the way the weather's working today. Yeah, I don't know how quickly confused. it's going to drop. It looks, uh, at least here in Madison, Wisconsin, shout out. Uh, we're in the Beave. Uh, we're in Beaver Let's Dam. Let's go. Our forward-thinking, always-on-top-of-things operation manager, a.k.a. Bobby Hill. 
Uh, did he wear shorts today? I didn't see him. He did wear shorts today, yes. So he went full Bobby Hill today. He went full Bobby Hill today. I wish you Jesse seen Nelson, the hall monitor. I wish you would have seen Ryan's reaction when we got a text at 3.56 p.m. that says, yeah. oh, by the way, you're on a whole nother, in a whole nother market. So shout out to you, 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam. Ryan's face got very red. Why did this bother you, Ryan? Do you not like Beaver Dam, Wisconsin? It has nothing to do with Beaver Dam. It has oh. everything to do with the Gout Boy Jesse Nelson. <laughs> the Gout Boy. Yes. No. Uh, what, the what's Gout his name? Nader. What's his name from King of the Hill? Benny Bobby, 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 Bobby Hill. Bobby, Bobby, uh, Bobby Hill is apparently Bobby. not great Bobby. at communicating with people. Schedules, which is one of the primary parts of his job, though. So, um, but my, my question we had a couple is: hiccups today, Jimmy. Well, with this specific one, I'm asking this earnestly. Did you have to do anything different? I did not. So let's um, just pick the scab that was there. Is that yes, better way to per- say it? That is the perfect way to say well, it. Well, I will give whoever is, is producing for us in Beaver Dam the heads up. All of our imaging does only say on 100.5 ESPN. There's no shout out to 1430 ESPN and anything that our, our voice of God does. Mm-hmm. Um, and had we known, we could have adjusted. But unfortunately, uh, the voice of God will not be representing uh, Dodge County today. So sorry, Beaver Dam. But good to be with you nonetheless. Fun show ahead. But I want to get back to the weather. Yes. It is 68 degrees outside right now. By the time I get to work tomorrow morning, it will be 17 degrees out. Yeah, I know. It's one off of Giannis's favorite number. Let me talk to my producer. <laughs> yes. I wanted, you, I wanted you to play the 69. 69. I like that number. Come on. Matt's not smart enough to know what I'm doing. I should be allowed to. I know you've produced this show. I have. But every once in a while, I want to call for what I'm going to call for. You don't have to cut me off. All right? I'm sorry. You kind of cut me off by giving me that look. Anyway, uh, 68 degrees out right now. One short of Giannis's favorite number. Go, dropping to 17 degrees by the time I come to work tomorrow. That is a 51 degree difference. Take I have no that. idea in terms of like the Earth's axis. How does that change weather? Is it a cloud thing? I, how do you just drop 51 degrees in a matter of 12 hours? I don't understand how that works at all, Jim. Can you? We, no, obviously. Now, the high today is, yeah, 68 degrees. Tomorrow it's 34. Then it's back up to 45 in the 50s. If we get a meteorologist on the phone, I think we can work at it. So I would take a meteorologist on the phone here. But the issue I have, one just texted in, just the voice of a God speaks, and we get a meteorologist. I don't have a problem with meteorologists. I have a problem with big weather. And okay. big weather kind of starts with like the Weather Channel, which is heavily funded by Home Depot, who then... Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> Where is this going? We this get a... Conspiracy Gym two days in no, a row? this is a real thing. <laughs> what? Home Depot is with the Weather <laughs> Channel's biggest advertiser, because then they'll start selling you snowblowers or other things you need for your home, <laughs> generators. Like, that's a known fact. Oh, it's a known fact that the Home Depot half funds the Weather Channel. Yes. Ryan, did you know this very well-known fact? I've never heard this. Just because Have I ever you're heard not this in marketing? No fact. Absolutely not. I learned this in school in my journalism classes when you talk about. Okay, that was 25 years you ago. Think it's, but my point is, it's just <laughs> grown from there. It wasn't 25 years ago. I wish I wasn't in school. Uh, for I graduated 2008 from college. Oh, that's right. I forgot you were on like the 12 year plan. Yeah, you I, had more eligibility than Brad Davison. Please call me Doctor Rutledge going forward. <laughs> Doctor Ed, you don't even have a master's. Incredible. Uh, I have two bachelors. Separate uh, bachelors? Yes, two separate ones. What What are they in? Multimedia journalism and then multicultural studies. So you've used neither of your degrees to any effect. What are you talking about? What do you? What is this? 
Um, I guess this is multimedia. Is this journalism? Though? I also wrote for this, the. This is more like multimedia comedy. But like, I also wrote for the Sun Sentinel. <laughs> multimedia buffoonery. Yeah, but like, don't I wrote for the Sun Sentinel? <laughs> cool. I did cover things. I broke news at times, so I did have a degree. Now, I mean, I didn't use the degree. Now, yes. Well, who does journalism anymore? Uh, <laughs> Beaver Dam. <laughs> Jason Daily, Do- Daily John. <laughs> Daily Dodge does journalism. Jason Wilde, who's going to be joining us at 430. We're going to do a little journalism at 530 when two-time Super Bowl champ Leo Chanel joins us. Let's journalism? What, what what journalistic thing are we going to do with Leo We're Chanel? We're going to say, hey, Leo, what's it like being posted on John Cena's Instagram account? So, that, so how is that? The, I think my point is that the definition of journalism has changed. And I've shamed oh. any... Journal. The, honestly, oh, here we go. Meteorologist the, first, now onto journalists. In so, segment well, one. here's the thing. I, I, I maybe uh, I have a lot of respect for journalists. There's just not a lot of them anymore. Like that, true, true journalists, true. especially if you're on the radio. Like as a regular host, like Wildy might be the exception. Like there's not many people who are truly a journalist and a radio host. And even when he's a radio host, I would say he's not a journalist then. So to answer your he's question, he's more of a radio host. What is this? This is not journalism. Therefore, I, to go back to my original but I question, used it, but I did use it. I did. I, what was the other one? I wrote for the Sun Sentinel. I did reporting for us. Like I used to go to every Packer practice and every Packer game and every Badger practice. But what was the other degree? Oh, multicultural. I'm not studies. trying to piss you off. I'm just no, kidding. No, multicultural studies. What does that mean? Um, you studied multi multiple like cultures. I, I was I was woke before it was cool. Like oh, okay, that, that sure. basically that's that's basically what that is. So that explains like the 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 uh, the, the feminist TikTok audience you are now both a part of and uh, a, a hero to. I wouldn't say feminist. I would say realist. I was, so here's the thing: multicultural studies was basically uh, looking deeper into how. Minorities, whatever they are, are portrayed okay. in music, in film, uh, in society, and, uh, and it could be as simple as Italian Americans in film. And then also how you, when you are a an immigrant, like Italian Americans are more of the uh, more recent ones that, uh, like in the fifties and sixties, started coming over from Italy. You lose your culture, and then you mm. assimilate to mm. the United States, and then you lose your Italian culture, and then how do you balance that out? Okay, and then I, how is that portrayed in movies? You know, I'm going to give you credit here, Jimmy. Yeah. You're a lot smarter than you come off sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You're actually kind of a smart guy. That's some booty. And it's yeah. taken me like three years to learn this. Uh, or I'm just, uh, I just do a really good job of sounding dumb. And <laughs> no, it's not that I'm calling you dumb necessarily. Yeah. I just think you're kind of a tough nut to crack. As many of our audi- or many of our listeners are either learning for the first time in Beaver Dam or are learning yeah. uh, here in Madison as they listen to you every day. You're kind of a... You're kind of a multi-dimensional figure. There's many layers. Do you like an onion? Yes. Um, I'm like Donkey from Shrek. <laughs> I, I would say if we're calling you smart, that might not be the best comparison right. to draw. I just thought maybe ass would work. Like yeah. I've, I've been called that plenty of times. Oh, yeah, by me yeah, as yes, well. Yeah, yes. no doubt about that. But you, you actually are kind of smart. I appreciate that. That's very, very kind of you. But, uh, but if you, you were as... I don't know if that's always been the case, given that it took you like 12 years to gain those two bachelor's degrees. You know, I think I took the Bart Simpson underachiever. Like, I just wanted to do... Here's... I'll pat myself on the back. <laughs> Things were at times like I could just do just enough very easily and not have to do much more to get by. You know, so like I could just yeah. show up and be a B student. I know a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. so I could just show up and get, a B, and get Bs, but then I just didn't... The bigger part of it was I just never like talked to like someone who was like, "Hey, how do I how do I uh, graduate?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, this is what you do to graduate." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." Because I bounced around a few schools, and when I got to Florida Atlantic University, I was like, "What do I need to do?" They're like, "Well, here's what you need to do." So then I graduated in a year and a half, but I got like 100 and. 
40 credits in a year and a half. I went to summer school, the whole thing. Once I just figured out, it's like, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do to graduate. Then I just did it. Okay. So, like, that would be how. But also, I would say the bigger educator I had uh, would be, I was a bartender the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So not the actual making drinks part of the education, is, just is, hanging out with is, everyone. Is that the life experience you learn the most in? Without in, a doubt. In terms of, like, life skills? Without a doubt. Yeah. I would say that's the most formative thing I have ever done. Uh, you get a look into, you know, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What's the most formative career that you've ever had? It could be the one your career in. or job. Job, fine. Yeah, but but it could be your career. I yeah. mean, it could be uh, the career you're currently in. But like, what's the most formative job or career that you've ever had? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Working in the service industry, yeah. uh, which was a large part of it. I, I have a re- like I've been able to figure people out pretty quickly. I, I can look at a, uh, probably not anymore, but I used to, be able to look at a table and know what kind of tip I was getting. Not not like looking at you students, said that within, before. A, within two three minutes of talking to them, which fascinates. I, me. I have a really good idea what my tip range is, okay. and so. That I think a lot of servers would have that, and then same with bartending. You 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 talk to people, and you very quickly can figure out. Oh, these people are going to cap it at like thirteen percent, or these people are not going to tip. Me. Do you think talking to me, you'd be like, oh, twenty twenty five percent? Yes, uh, right in that range. Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, because you are someone who gives off talk about four. Like you want to be liked, you need to be liked, you want to be part of it, but you also want <laughs> people like. But you also just want call me to out be, like that. It's fine. But when people leave, you want it to be that when you come back to that place, yeah. they're like, oh, this is the guy that tips. Like, oh, he's cool. He tips well. Yeah. Like, you need that. And that's good. I don't know like, that I think of it that way, but I, I mean, I would prefer that. Yeah. So, but my point is, like, you pick up on these things when you're bartending. And sure. you can figure, you also can figure out who wants to be left alone, who wants to have a conversation, who's willing to engage in conversation, who's there, who's there just to yell at you. So, like, these are all things okay. you can pick up as you bartend, and then you can apply it to regular, you know, everyday life. So, I would say my bartending slash serving uh, experiences, uh, you also deal with people all over the, all over the place. Uh, and yeah, they so, face the consequences for treating you how they treat you. So, I'm kind of a one-trick pony, right? Yeah. Like, most of my jobs have been media-related, but mm-hmm. I, I did wait tables when I was, a, 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 I was either a sophomore or junior in high school for, like, six to eight months. Now, I worked in a diner that eventually closed. Yep. It was connected to a BP gas station. Jesus. Right, so right. We're, we're talking. I was like one of three. So, what's employees. your average ticket there? Um, twenty bucks for two people. Twenty five bucks for two people. All right. So, like a nice Sunday, I'm walking out with hundred twenty bucks. Right, but I'm like sixteen. I don't know the difference. Now, it was in a farm town. The average age of a customer, I would guess, probably around seventy years old. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if I'm walking out with a hundred dollars, that means I served. 25 tables to get there but at least they're respectful and they turn and burn at least like that the biggest oh, thing is no i had to kick them out because oh, we didn't so. have that many tables and sunday after church crowd oh so that's that's always a problem so like, that's where i learned conflict resolution yeah. because you're sitting here and drinking your 18th cup of not decaf coffee by the way yeah. please be careful mm-hmm. by as i mentioned you're 78 years old be careful and it's like okay you finished your eggs your two scrambled eggs an hour and a half ago you got to go jimmy uh, that was just the first name I thought of. I wasn't thinking of you. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. We are asking you what career was the most formative for you. Uh, Chris from Manitowoc Wash Waters chimes in and says Jim is a chameleon. That's a fact. The uh, Eric Madison chimes in. Science teacher, retail, restaurant. Those are all his formative jobs slash careers. I feel like teacher would be very formative. Learning how to deal with children Ooh. on a daily basis. I was gonna if I didn't. I didn't know what my opportunity. So when I was in Florida before I had oh the opportunity to come up here substitute. It, in Flo- yeah, in Florida, all you needed was a degree, and then you had to take like classroom etiquette classes. Wait, when you say a degree, like any degree? Any degree. <laughs> that's, that's the case here, too. Really? You just need a bachelor's degree, and then I think you have to take some, some To be courses. a substitute teacher. But, substitute. Right. Okay. But like, and in Florida, not surprisingly, 
you actually can just teach with that as well. Like you just take classroom etiquette and you can actually be you a full-time teacher. You can be a teacher. full-time teacher. Yeah, they're desperate for teachers down there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's not I, don't, a, I don't know how I would do. Florida, I, I would imagine, the Florida state education system for like non-college it's not the the highbrow there. So I just I just think I would I, I, as we've mentioned many times in this program, as you can tell the way yeah. I talk, I get distracted quite easily. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to maintain a steady classroom. Oh, I would be a good teacher. I, I, I used to coach. I wanted to do it for a while, and I coached a lot of uh, basketball how's your, recreation teams. How's your fuse these days, though? Oh, right? my fuse because, is way better now than it was then. It is. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because I was going to say, you know, like. You get a couple of fourteen-year-olds that when they're moody, they like to talk back. Like I don't know how you're going to last but in here's that situation. The thing. Jim Rutledge, is, he's fake tough. This is what I had when I coached, though, too, is that you can have a level of, and also being younger, there's just like you don't mess with this guy, sort of thing, too. There was teachers when I was a kid. I was like, I'm not like I'm just not going to mess with this guy. Like immediately when you got to that classroom, you're like, I mess around here, I'm just going to get sent to detention. Like there's not a lot of gray area here. So there were some teachers that, uh, at least when I was in school, that you're like. No, this guy is not not about it. So I am just I'm just done. But I wanted to get back to the the serving thing. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You can chime in with the job that was most formative for you. I wonder if Lee and he's got a lot of great um, people that come into Risk Risk Steakhouse. But I think I could uh, like wait at one table. Like if I was like propped up as like a trainee. Oh, you could do a good job. But I, I think I could do it over at Risk Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. That's a fancy place. I worked at a couple places where, that were close to as fancy, probably not as fancy, at Roost. Now, the nice part about those places, you get larger checks, uh, which is you know, a nice way to go, and you get spend more time with the people, and it's a little bit more of a personal experience. But at Risk Chris Steakhouse, they can give you a special occasion, no matter what the occasion is, to so go talk to Lee over at Risk Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Also brought to you by J&K Security Solutions. Securing homes and businesses in the Madison area since 1987. Hamilton live from the Everlight Solar Studio. We are on in Beaver Dam for the first time in a long time. I feel like we've been on once or twice before. And Matt Hamilton and I have been on when we filled in for Wildy and Tausch. Uh, but Matt Hamilton is in Michigan. He is curling. And uh, we have Alex Strofe uh, in for Mr. Matt Hamilton. You can get into the show, 844-770-3776. Goody, Brian Gutenkins, uh spoke to local media today and uh, assembled national media and a lot of you know benign or uh, innocuous comments from just stuff he has to say a lot of goody and he's feeling himself and I I actually want to I want to get into a larger question of like is goody feeling himself too much is he overconfident what makes you say that well there was uh, I think in the article here from the athletic Matt Schneidman that um, when goody was like someone joked about Rogers he's like who you know, like that little joke oh, like there, that. and um, it's uh, it just seems like this team is really kind of they're feeling good, which they should. Felt like Green Bay to me, but at the same time, the comment that kind of got me as the Lions are, you know, they finished ahead of the Packers the last two years now in the NFC North, so that's starting to establish a little bit of uh, a hierarchy there. And they won the division last year, and the year before they ended Aaron Rodgers' career and the Green Bay Packers' season at Lambeau Field. And so the Lions are an ascending team, just like the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Lions are one step in, you know, as far as their ascension. They're one year in front of it. They have more money to spend this offseason than the Packers do. They have a lot of draft picks. They had four starters out of the out of the draft as well last year. Mm-hmm. So they are a team that's 
really climbing up, and I would say their quarterbacks are equals. So uh, the Lions hung a banner that said that they won the NFC North, and Goody, and I want to make sure because Schneidman kind of uh, referenced that he didn't think this was a direct shot at the Lions who were you know just hung their banner, but they were he was asked about the Lions who won the division, mm-hmm. and Goody basically said something along the lines of, "We don't hang division titles here; we hang Super Bowl titles here." And I thought that was rich coming from a team that has not won a title in well, 11 well, hold years. On, hold on, hold on. Let's read the direct quote because it doesn't mention Super Bowls. A quote around here, we've never hung banners for division championships, so it's never been about that. It's a nice starting point, but I think we're always looking for bigger things. End okay. quote, which of course yes. implies yes. right? These, they're looking for Super Bowls. Um, I don't take that as a shot at all. No, right? I'm not saying the shot part of it. I'm saying that like, I think Goody's feeling himself too much. Like, What is this bigger things here? How about you go ahead and win a division? Like, It's been a bit. Goody, and you haven't won a Super Bowl in eleven years. Well, yeah, he hasn't been the general manager for eleven years. But he's been a part. Like the Packers, like you can't walk around with this air of superiority when you think that you are the Patriots or the Chiefs of recent ilk when you are less than the 49ers. I mean, I think you're projecting by, by implying he, he says that or thinks that, right? Like, I, I think Goody is feeling himself, and he should be feeling himself. He was the most criticized man in the National Football League, not named Aaron Rodgers one offseason ago, and he moved on from the aforementioned Rodgers. He moved to this youth movement that nobody thought was going to work. We crushed him for having no wide receivers on the team. We crushed him for having rookie tight ends. We crushed him for not addressing the safety position, which is another top priority this offseason. But like the thing with Goody is, I think he's earned the victory lap, Jim. But he, he proved everybody wrong that he couldn't hit on draft picks, that he that the youth movement was a bad idea, that moving on from Rodgers was a bad idea. He proved everybody wrong. Okay. So give him his victory but lap. But he hasn't yet, though. Like, let's pause on this. So one, it was a good draft and a good season. They overshot expectations. They're still a team that snuck into the playoffs. Setting that aside. And won a playoff game. We still need to look back at Goody. You can make a case horribly mismanaged the Aaron Rodgers situation still on a personnel level. He could have very likely, it is easier to say that Goody blew an opportunity to get to another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers than it is to say that the Packers are going to be the Super Bowl next year. So you're right. Goody is having a little bit of a hot streak right now, but it doesn't wipe away how he horribly managed Aaron Rodgers, who is someone who is notoriously temperamental, and he screwed that up and did I, not I give Aaron Rodgers. He, he did, though. If nothing else, he got off Aaron Rodgers a year too late, but he infuriated his quarterback to the point of he surprised his temperamental quarterback by taking Jordan Love. He, the, the, new, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted players that same draft that helped them beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, costing the Packers an opportunity who were the favorites at Lambeau Field because they were hosting that damn game, the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. He had a super. He had an MVP quarterback for two straight years, and they did not get to the Super Bowl. Well, so you're right. But hold on. You, but wait. You're right that he had a good year, but he also blew having Willy Wonka's golden ticket, and he's now taking a victory <laughs> lap that he peed down his yeah, leg two years on, ago. So he also yeah. proved that he cannot win oh, with a true. quarterback who wasn't him. Basically, what Goody proved is that, hey, if you're only my guy and you do my things and you do things my way, I can do well. But if you're an established vet who is a proven winner that got MVPs, I can't figure out how to win with you. Well, that's proven. Goody's that's the, the GM, fact. not the head coach. But first that's off. the fact. He didn't but put places not, around him. Fact. He didn't put people yeah, around him. Do what he if, drafted horribly. But if we're going to do what? But wait, wait. wait but Aaron Rodgers draft horribly. His first draft pick no. as the general manager of the Green Bay Packers was a bona fide uh, All Pro cornerback in Jair Alexander. But my point is, he did not like the draft. Like, look at the Mario Rodgers draft. Some of the last drafts around Aaron Rodgers were crap. 
They were complete trash. And he's that's he the his the draft. He has crapped out as much as he's hit. He's an average GM as a drafter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I won't disagree with that necessarily, but but like, I I'm think saying if, the victory if, if lap is rich what, because he is just as much of a but bomb. But the victory lap is true, right? Like he had he, a good he year. Kicked coverage. He Absolutely. had a good year. Yeah, he did. But what's the years he underkicked coverage? Uh, which, but if you well, want to, I would the say he is more often, more often okay. than not, GM. Again, if you Goody, want, wait, it, more often than not, Goody as a GM has failed to reach expectations and he's exceeded them. Now is a I, factual I, statement. I I don't think it is a factual statement. They were in the NFC Championship game two years in a row, so they were not expecting. Go to the Super Bowl at least one of those times. They were the favorite. Expectations. They host? It's how many of those? The they, how many of those did they host? An NFC Championship yeah. game. Uh, they just hosted the one. Okay, so that at least one time, probably you were right, expecting. If you to want get to there. do what ifisms, then you can make it more about the case that they traded back to draft Kevin King instead of T.J. Watt. If you have T.J. Watt instead of Kevin King in that championship game I would go against with the, more the Tampa recent, Bay Buccaneers, you can make that or case. Or you can just go with the more direct, more recent one: is that if you didn't draft Jordan Love and you had a player, you probably at least are in the Super Bowl. Right. You would have two players. Because yeah, you would add your fourth round you pick, want, too. But if you want to do the 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 T.J. Watt, Kevin King one, that's a Ted Thompson issue. That was his last year but I didn't as, go to as that. GM. I didn't go to that one. I went to Goody's problem, which, which was not sustaining players around Aaron Rodgers to win when he was here. He did not make. He did not have uber-successful so, ex- drafts explain, when he was here. Explain to me, then, why Jordan Love made more with less. Explain to me how that works out and why that's Goody's fault. Because... Aaron Rodgers so undeniably had more better weapons around him than Jordan Love had last so, year, and Jordan Love rattled off four wins in a row, including a playoff game at the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. He did more with less than Aaron Rodgers did down the stretch. So you're telling me that uh, you're, you're you're telling me that Goody couldn't build a team around Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers no. won an MVP. Aaron so you're Rodgers talking, won you, two you MVPs. My point. He won two MVPs. Right. But my point the, is that Goody still couldn't, build, still couldn't build a good enough roster. Which is he it. made it to the NFC Championship game twice. He that was, was one of the Rogers. last four teams in the league. Right, but he couldn't oh, get so it over Rogers the top. Gets all the credit and everything that went wrong is Goody's fault, not Rogers for, for, for performing so the worse so than the quarterback the MVP play level this year is all Jordan Love and not Goody then, right? No, I'm using your reasoning. Okay, so the other way around works. No, I'm using your reasoning against you then. Because then Jordan Love was the reason why the team was good, not Goody. No, both of them deserve credit. My point is, Goody blew it two years. In, he had two-time MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and he couldn't get Matt that LaFleur team over the top. Matt field goal down eight. Wait, who hired Matt LaFleur? Mark Murphy. Brian Goody. Who kept Matt LaFleur? What? <laughs> oh. Um, that Look, was in man, my ear. Goody should not be taking a victory lap. He is league average right now. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Matt Hamilton here to talk about Line of Kugels. For close to 155 years, Liney's has stayed true to the Jacob Line of Kugel vision for combining the German brewing traditions of his homeland with the innovative spirit of his new home here in Wisconsin. Today, you'll find that spirit alive and well in a wide range of German-inspired beers like IPAs, Weiss, Box. They have the delicious Liney's Juicy Peach and the Northwoods Amber. They've got a beer for any moment. Go check out Liney's. Get it wherever you get delicious beers. And remember, you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Watch every show live and for free on the ESPN Madison YouTube channel. And sports writer of the year, Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama tonight, Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. It is the legendary journalist, Jason Wildey. Jason, how are you doing today? Well, 
better now. I've never been called legendary journalist before. I'm not sure. Not sure if I qualify for that. A legendary curler, maybe Matt Hamilton. Well, he's not here. Uh, Alex Strofe is in. Um, legendary, hi, goof, Jason. Le- legendary goofball Alex Strofe is in. Uh, le- he's a, he, legendary. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. No, gonna, go ahead. I'm not going to say anything nope, that's going to bother. Nope, go no, ahead. Nothing no. bothers me, Jason. I've got. I've got the thickest skin uh, on ESPN well, Wisconsin. That's definitely not true. That's a bum- it's great to be with you guys. Yes, I, I know on. you and Jim, uh, not the thickest of skins. Oh, yes, you're right, because I'm easily offended. Uh, and Jason, too. So, Jason, actually, on this point, we got to the, we kind of brought up the idea that we were making fun of the fact that as a radio host, I don't use my, my journalism degree anymore. And then we kind of came to the conclusion that you're probably one of the few radio hosts in the country who's actually can be called a journalist and a radio host. Do you kind of, I mean, not to like, I'm sure there are other ones out there, but it's more and more rare that someone is a journalist and a radio host. I think they're almost two separate things, not to get too meta on it, but what do you think about that statement? Uh, I think it's true. I think uh, at this point, there are two NFL beat writers who both uh, cover the team on a daily basis and have a year-round radio show. Um, our buddy Matt Schneidman from The Athletic does one, I think, during the season for one of our competitors. Um, but uh, Paul Kuharski in Tennessee uh, has a daily three-hour radio show on the sports station in Nashville. But he's got his own website. Like He, he started like paulkuharski.com, which mm. I think jasonwildy.com is taken, so it's a good thing I have a uh, legitimate journalism outlet. So I guess that makes me the only one who writes for a accredited, like, old-school media outlet and talks on the radio and, of course, has a huge following on this YouTube that I keep hearing about that we're on as well. Yes, yeah, JasonWildy.com, a wide selection of jewelry? Interesting. Mm. Uh, I would say David Hall, but he doesn't write for, he writes for like their website. So I guess that'd be the other one as well. A writer, he doesn't write for the Tribune anymore, but he is a a show as well. But there's very few and far between. So actually, you know what, Jason, I'll start with that. Uh, I want to get to the Packers thing, but it does seem like the entire offseason is going to hinge on what Chicago does with Fields or Caleb Williams and that pick. Uh, It does seem like that's the talk of the scouting combine. And that's not just my Bear fandom. That's just this national talk. It it is a really unique scenario that Justin Fields seems like a fine ascending player who has potential to get better with better coaching. But then you have the unique scenario that a team that won seven games has the first overall pick and there is a believed to be transcendent talent at that first overall pick. So, I mean, if you were running an organization, like how would you balance this out uh, as far as the young promise of a, a player who could be their their version of Aaron Rodgers or, or whatever, you know, Brett Favre or something in between, or go with the Justin Fields who you know that is a hard worker and is a leader and is everything you want as an intangible QB. Like, how do you balance that out, or how do you think NFL teams balance that out? Yeah, I, I don't balance it out. I trade <laughs> Justin Fields. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I mean, look, I, I've said this before, and obviously you as a Bears fan, and we got awesome teammates at ESPN Chicago on ESPN 1000, like, Waddle and Sylvie and Carmen and Yurko and Danny and all those guys down there will tell you the same thing. And we've talked about this before. Justin Fields is everything you want in a franchise quarterback. He's a terrific athlete. He's uh, coachable, even though maybe some coaches were making him robotic. Uh, He's an awesome teammate. He's an outstanding leader. Um, He can 
take the ball and run, which is a huge uh, benefit in today's NFL game. Except he can't yet, at least, and maybe never, reach a point of consistency of throwing the football. And unfortunately, at that position, all those other things are still important, but that's the most important thing. And he may never become an ultra-effective passer in the NFL, right? I mean... And look, let's be honest, the Packers would be in a similar scenario if Jordan Love had not played as well as he did. Like, they feel very confident now in their guy, and they're going to pay their guy. But had he continued and only marginally improved from how he had looked during those first seven games, uh, the Packers would be facing not the exact same scenario because they wouldn't have the number one overall pick, but they'd be having to debate – you know, Michael Penix Jr., uh, Drake May, Bo Nix. Uh, do we need to draft another quarterback high? And and is Jordan Love not the guy? Like, I, everyone forgets this because of the run they went on and the euphoria and the afterglow uh, of winning a playoff game in Dallas and having the 49ers on the ropes in Santa Clara. It was not good after seven games. And Goody did a press conference after the trade deadline in which he said these are 10 very important games and that he hoped, hoped, which is not a strategy, that it wouldn't take until the 2024 season to know if Jordan Love was the guy or not, which tells you that he didn't know if he was the guy or not after seven games. And if you had to pick which way he should have been leaning, it would have been probably against him being the guy. So let's not forget where they were at at that point. Uh, let's be thankful, especially for huge fans like Strolf and, and someone who, you know, I, I was dashing his hopes for the 2023 season when we were at Summerfest in that trailer together. But, that, yeah, there's lots of reason for excitement. Goody's up there today at the Weston in Indianapolis with the other beat writers uh, saying when he's asked if he thinks he's got a Super Bowl team, uh, I do, I do. Um, that's a pretty stark contrast to him admitting on February 1st, and I used this in my story to the State Journal that I just filed a little while ago, it's a pretty stark contrast to the admission he made on February 1st that when they were at 2-5, and five, that they were talking, him, Lafleur, everybody in the building, let's stop focusing on the outcome and the results, and let's just focus on getting better. I mean... That tells you where they were mm-hmm. and now where they are. So be overjoyed, be full of excitement and expectation. But let's not forget that we, uh, the Packers, if you refer to them that way, uh, we as a beat core that covers this team, we're not that far away from writing stories about how and talking about how, uh, oh, do they really, do they have to think about Bo Nix at number 10 or wherever they might have drafted? It, it's, it's amazing how this narrative and this team turn things around uh, in the final three months of the year. Yeah, that's, that's really well said, Jason. And, you know, as, as we Thank talk you. through that, yeah, you're welcome. Journalist. As, as we talk through that and, and what Legendary could be that journalist. debacle and that, and that situation, mm-hmm. I, my, my head goes to the situation the Packers are facing in terms of a star player, and that's David Bakhtiari, right? Goody said he didn't hit, doesn't have his mind made up on him yet, which I, I find hard to believe. But obviously they need to get something ironed out, whether that be a restructure or just flat-out cutting him by the start of the league year on March 13th. How soon do you expect something to happen in terms of David Bakhtiari? 
Well, I, I, I don't believe them either, right? I, I referred, I must have messed up the comparison this morning to Tausch. Uh, I think of Ron Burgundy behind the desk. I don't believe you. Uh, I, he's, he's made his decision. Um, what he's not going to do is act upon it and make a move right now, right? I mean, that's the truth. And he had a line in there today about how, um, you know, he was trained by Ted Thompson, and you don't do anything until you have to. Well, David Bakhtiari is due a large roster bonus on March 15th. That is the trigger for uh, you-know-what or get off the pot Mm -hmm. with David Bakhtiari. And I think we all know that they're not going to make him, they're not going to pay him that. Uh, now, as I think Tausch pointed out this morning on our show, uh, because of his health being where it is, there there are some choppy waters that the uh, SS Goody has to navigate in order to release him. And there may be some financial components of you know him getting some of that money that he's due because he's not healthy enough to pass a physical right now. But the bottom line is, uh, his cap number is $39.99 million. He'd save $21 million without him on the roster. So he will not be a Packer unless he accepts some sort of ridiculously low-ball deal with a bunch of incentives included in it. And if I'm him, there's no way in God's green earth I would do that. So that's a non-starter. So he, he, it's not a matter of if they're going to move on from him. It's a matter of when and how. And so, again, and, and look, I think David's a smart guy. He knows this, too. But I think he, given his knee situation, he needs to make sure that whatever the proper channels are to get a, a, a few more bucks out of the Packers because you're being released while you're not healthy enough to play has to be part of the equation. Talking with Jason Wilde. Listen to Jason with Mark Tauscher, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. So, Kind of can just kind of taking a step back of the division that I've maintained for a long time. This this division uh, obviously has been owned by the Packers, but also a lot of the teams have been complicit uh, in the ownership of the Green Bay no Packers. Uh, the Vikings were a team that would have taken the Packers playoff spot if Kirk Cousins was healthy. I don't think that's a crazy statement to say. So they're going to likely be if they bring them back a team that could be competitive. The Lions won the division, and Chicago won seven games with Justin Fields last year. So whatever they do at quarterback, it's safe to assume a team went from three to seven and is very young and has $80 million in cap space uh, will do well uh, and, and jump forward. Same with the Lions, who have a ton of cap space. And obviously the Packers are very young, and they have a lot of, what, four picks in the top 100. So, Jason, this is the first time in a long time where the NFC North might be able to stake a claim to be one of the better divisions in football instead of like battling the AFC East to see which is the worst division in football. Yeah, and but you're right. Much like the AFC East, where the Patriots uh, owned the division for a long time because they were far and away better than the other three teams in their division. Yep, it's true about the Packers. I mean, there were a couple of blip years, obviously, but you're exactly right. Now, you know, Goody did make the comment too during his 45 minutes with the beat guys, uh, who were kind enough to send me the transcripts, and so I'm looking out my window in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, that. We don't hang banners for division titles. I mean, he said that. Um, and he, again, reiterated that he thinks they are a title contender. Well, um, that's great. And I think he's justified in thinking that way. But I'm not, I don't look at this division as uh, the Packers and the Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, 
uh, you're right about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he ruptured his Achilles at the end of that win over the Packers. I was when there, yeah. The yeah. Packers, when the Packers got cheered for getting a first down. Yeah, was, they were booed at one point uh, during that game. They most certainly were, and it was a sarcastic cheer when they did get yes. that first down. So my, my point is, is that um, they again they went on a remarkable run. There is all kinds of reason for optimism and hope and excitement. Um, I do say this, and I'm, I'm not I am not predicting in any way. So, Wooly, don't be clipping this. I am not <laughs> predicting in any way that Jordan Love is going to backslide. I'm not. I think he's the real deal. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not giving him an MVP yet. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl while he's the starting quarterback because there's a lot of variables, and he gets swept up in the excitement and you forget about him. But I do not believe he's going to backslide. But I do think that there is, you know, there are teams that have had kind of unexpected success, right, which they definitely fall under that category. Um, I look at the Jaguars of a couple of years ago, and then they kind of came crashing back to earth. The Eagles are an incredible cautionary tale. Now, they lost their two coordinators who both became head coaches in the offseason, and they that made Nick Sirianni look like less of a great head coach after taking them to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts had some trouble, obviously, down the stretch and injury issues. Uh, the league comes at you quick, and so I think both Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst have done a great job of hitting the note of, yeah, it's great, everything you guys accomplished, but it doesn't mean jack now unless you elevate even further because everybody else is getting better, too. You better make sure you are. And I look at this team, and I expect it to be better, but I do think it's worth at least remembering the cautionary tale of some of these other teams that had these baffo years, and then you were kind of like, well, what the heck happened to them the following year? They get to play both those teams on the road next year, Jacksonville and Philadelphia. So hopefully it's not like well, looking at One of them maybe the in Brazil. That's true. Uh, that's the Philly game, right? That could be that could be the Friday of the opening yeah. week of the season or something? Yes, that's exactly what it is. I don't love that, but that's completely beside either. the point. Jason, I want to go back to the question I asked you before because, uh, like you do sometimes, you didn't answer it. When do you think David Bakhtiari is either cut or restructures? Uh, the roster bonus is due March 15th, so sometime before that, uh, okay. not after. So more likely this week or more likely closer to March 15th? Well, considering he said that he doesn't want to do anything until he has to, um, I would think free agency opens on March 11th. So I would put it at March 9th or 10th Boom. that they uh, do that. That's an answer. Thank you, Jason. You're the best. It's not a yes or no, which I know is the world's greatest game in radio history. Did you enjoy your time with me and Jim Rutledge today? Kind of. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. We appreciate that. That's why he's legendary. He's honest. He's legendary. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Be good. That's Jason Wildy. Missing that, you'll listen to Back Wisconsin on the Man, Apple, Spotify, and those great places. That's brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. Send it back where's light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, featuring national curling champion and America's sweetheart, Matt Hamilton, on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Be tonight. We're on Legend 
Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Badger basketball tonight. They face Indiana. Yeah, first first game in a week. I, when was the last time Wisconsin versus Indiana like carried weight? Because uh, I have a time that jumps serves. to mind. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like the 2011 ish area, 2000. Tom Craig Bo Ryan is when I say yeah. like that's when it matters for sure. Uh, if memory serves, they played a really good game last year. Yeah, I don't care about that. I, like nobody cared though. Like I mean, like it carried uh, weight. I mean, like Indiana I, basketball I is Indiana basketball still a little bit with Tom Crean. Yeah, not for like not bas- college basketball like purists or weirdos. I mean, like for like the casual fan. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Did you just indirectly call me a weirdo? Yeah. You, like, Oh, the game last year was kind of good. No, nobody cares. I'm <laughs> saying that like kind of good. It was very good. I mean, like what it <laughs> leads to, the but like it's not. In, like it was like not a thing. It's not a, an event. But Indiana basketball used to be a major thing for sure. And Wisconsin Badger basketball was definitely more popular in Madison than it is now. And so, Bo Ryan, Tom Crean, so much for rider dies. Fake fans. That, that to me, again, being a weirdo. But like, well, don't be a fake fan. Fake fan. They're, they're still rooting for the team. It's just not. There's not the same sort of pulse to this team. They're not as they're not as interesting or as fun as they were. Uh, as they were when under they were Bo making Ryan. Final Fours, I mean that's or fair. they were making consistent Sweet Sixteens when they had NBA players. It's true. I mean, don't don't come at me. Well, they like, had NBA. A, they had an NBA player era. in 2021, 22. Yeah, they did they have had NBA multiple player players. Oh, you want multiple? And I want guys okay. who are playing professionally, like at high levels. Like, the, like hey, it was Johnny not, Davis's birthday today. Be nice. It is not at all, without question. It is a He's factual statement. League, right? Maybe. He's on a he's with a franchise. Probably I'll say G, that the league by the G league. Yeah, most I don't likely. think he's there yet. But but anyway. I would say this: it is unquestionable, and I'm not saying Gar can't get there. That Bo Ryan, there was more juice and more buzz and more just general excitement about the basketball team when Bo Ryan was the coach than it is currently with Greg Gar. Well, that's fair, but also I mean, let's not undermine Bo Ryan by any means. He made the NCAA tournament every single year as that. Coach and I'm not undermining anything, I mean, that's, but that's you, we're just going back to like the last time. This game was truly a thing, and it could have been. A, was Indiana basketball's falling off far yeah, more than basketball than Wisconsin yeah. has? So they're both complicit in it. But this game used to be like, like we got to be talking about it. It's Wisconsin hoops, uh, top fifteen team in the country versus Indiana, top twenty five team in the country. And now it's like this is just going to be a like maybe be a close game doesn't mean isn't it's good. That, isn't that somewhat just college basketball though now regular season You're like it's, the choir? I know, but yeah. I'm saying this. It feels like it's more of a college basketball thing than it is Wisconsin Indiana. Uh, I, I would I would agree with you on that. I mean, it doesn't help. I mean, there's like point, really though, Indiana's been horrible for like five years now. I feel like in 2021, 22 when they when Indiana traced Jackson Davis, oh, yeah, he was a guy who had been around. True. He was like a great college player, really, is what he was. But the game where they played That's at right. Indiana, Johnny Davis hit the game. Winning yeah. shot, I believe, waved goodbye to the Indiana That's fans. Right. Now, coming into the game, there wasn't a bunch of stakes. Yeah, but I remember that game being a big games. deal. Nice memory, by the way. Thank nice, you. Nice memory on that one. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess you're right, Jim. But I will say, I'm as much as I, Ryan's going to turn off my microphone when I say this. As much as I get into the NBA and the Bucks after the All Star break, and I would like to watch the Bucks Hornets tonight. The Hornets stink. So I just have a little bit more juice for the Badgers, Indiana, which starts at 6 o'clock, Bucks Hornets at 7 o'clock. So if the Hornets, for some reason, are still in the game in the fourth quarter, I'll still catch that. You're going to win a six. But, but I'll, be a, uh, I'll be a Badgers consumer tonight. Okay, so just looking back. So when, since Tom Crean has left, when Archie Miller took over, Archie Miller, uh, 15, or 16 wins, 19, 20, 12, 21, 23, and 14. That Woodson's not a coach in, in Indiana. So like, oh, that's Indi- right. Indiana... 
has not uh, Tom Crean uh, his last year at Indiana they maybe should have got rid of him was 18 wins 27 year before that and 20 so it's really been since they got rid of Tom Crean and obviously Tom Crean had the baggage from Marquette so that added to the rivalry that that's probably the last time the game consistently held weight yeah I, I, I mean that's probably fair but Badgers are still looking for like a five seed this year because there's so much damn parity in, in college basketball. I think they'd technically be, but they also could be like an eight seed in the AP poll. Yeah, you got four games left, two of them against the top two teams in the Big Ten. Uh, you, you host Illinois, I think it's this weekend, and then you go yep. to uh, and then you go to Purdue uh, in the in the final game of the regular season. So you've you've got your work cut out for you over the course of the final four games. But if they make a run in the Big Ten tournament, they could be as high as a four seed. They could. Yes, but like again, that's not uh, my whole point. Was like this game is just not. So, do you have juice for like the NCAA tournament? Yeah, do you not get behind that that much? Well, it is, no, the NCAA tournament is a f- manufactured. It's, it's a manufactured way to create urgency and juice, and like that's the saving grace of college basketball. Okay, is that you are literally, you basically are making these people fight to the death. Like yeah, it's like a I mean, modern day. <laughs> it's gladiator. It's like hey, your whole season doesn't matter because true. this is the only thing that matters. only matters in seeding and regions, and, and that only matters for, for so long. But then right? it matters less and less because there's more and more upsets. that These teams just pull this off, and now more and more teams make deeper runs. So You're very thrilled with what FAU did last year. I am, but they're not the only team. And like I got into that, and that was fun, and I am watching them more this year, but it's still not super exciting basketball. They've kind of had a fall from grace, haven't they? They've lost like three of the last four, I think. I don't think it's that bad, but yeah, they were top 25, and now they're not top 25. Yeah. I think they've lost two out of their last three. Same club as the Badgers. But they did just have a big win. Um, I, get, I think it was SMU. They, be, they beat one of the teams in the, okay. in the conference. They had an opportunity to maybe still win the regular season. They See, don't have it this, anymore. Ryan. But again, he's a college hoops guy. No, I am a Florida Atlantic University guy because no, I watch them. College and I love Badger basketball because they're here. And so like that's it. <laughs> what about Marquette? I don't really like, give you or take them. I'm not passionate about them either way, no. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do like the way they play, on, seek it out. but I don't like college basketball. I just think it's it's just infinitely lesser. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I'm coming around to that argument. <laughs> I am. Oh. I've become more, more of an NBA, NBA guy. More and more yeah, NBA, yeah. The NBA guy. The more and more, more NBA I watch, I'm like, wow, this is, this is good basketball. What? The more and more you watch, the more and more you can understand The, the more time I spend on my couch watching the Badgers play basketball, I'm like, so, well, isn't it also just because the Badgers are just not a good basketball well, team right it's, now? It's college it's, it's basketball. Not that they're not there are good, good college they're just teams. So inconsistent, but like even they're not. They're consistently even bad. watching UConn getting smoked by Seton Hall the other week. It's okay, like, that was one game out of thirty for no, UConn. Right. Wait, UConn wanna, is wanna, a really I don't, good. I don't team. need another. I want to bring him over to the, to the normal no. NBA side of things. So, like, what when you're watching it and you're like you're juxtaposing now, you see more of both. Like, what's yeah. Like, yeah, Mr. NBA guy, what do you think? But like, my point is like what I see is just basically everything is done in the NBA better. It's just done yeah. quicker yeah, and quicker. so much easier. It's quicker. And you just don't realize it. It's not. It's just as structured. It just doesn't look as structured. I always say um, it's jazz as opposed to marching bands. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I, th- I think your point on, on quicker is, is certainly the most important part or the most telling part. I, I wouldn't but even screen but, but set. Would, there's backcuts. Yeah, there's, there's all these there's, things. I, I just don't know that it's necessarily set offense. It's more like, wow, these players are world class. But they still read set defenses. Sure. Like sure. It, uh, to your point, it's like uh, like uh, like um, what's the word? Like football. Like an option route. Yeah. A yeah. hot route. Like they just know that. Hey, if we're seeing this. The top players know this is what we're supposed to be but doing. Then you, but then you just also have outside of like Zach Eady in college basketball, you just have so many players that dominate in their own way. Right. Like watching Jokic the other night against Draymond. 
It's just like you are on another level. Can Giannis sh- just stuffs his way into the lane nonstop. It's unbelievable. And the Jokic one, like people Giannis complain about, like basketball or even like the the purest side of things or fundamentalists. I always said, like, if you're a college person, you're a fundamentalist, not a purist, because Jokic is pure basketball. He has the ball. He touches the ball more. His attitude bugs me, though. I'm going to be touch- honest with you. Okay, but he he, touch- he actually like he doesn't want to be there. That, okay. that bugs me. But he does it when he plays. When he plays, he he's there and he gives it all. So he has 100 touches a game, which is right up there, top most amount of touches in the game. Yeah. He is 20th in uses, usage, which means he gets the ball, and the ball gets out of his hands on average like less than two and a half seconds. So he gets that ball, and he is facilitating either a shot or a pass or a hockey assist yeah. faster than anyone in the league. They so, basically juxtapose it to Luka, who has 92 touches a game and has the ball for an average of seven seconds. I'm and curious. both play great. I'm curious, because you play pickup hoops. Who, who's your NBA comp when you're playing pickup hoops with some strangers? God, I, honestly, you know, I'm not as good. Like now, it's yo, I get a rebound and you're running. I will. I am really good passer. So like, I threw a, I so threw you're a Steve four, Nash. I would say more like Jokic. When I'm playing against a lot of tall people, I'm not moving very quick either. <laughs> so like, for an example, the other day I played, I grabbed a rebound. The guy was running down the court and I just lofted up. He ran. I was like, "You're gonna run? I'll give you the ball because I don't want to run. I'm gonna vomit if I have to run that much at 5 a.m. So if you're running, I will throw <laughs> yeah. you a really good pass. And if I'm open, I can knock down the shot. I've been telling That's about you. It. I've been telling you for three years. I'm gonna stop by. Uh, I, I said I've been telling you for three years. I'm gonna stop by one of these 5 a.m. You're not gonna be at 5 a.m. yet. I've been waking up earlier, actually. But anyway, i got to tell you about my friends over at the GRB Academy, which is baseball for the serious player. GRB Academy wants to be part of your plan to reach your potential. Utilize GRB Academy's 52,000-square-foot facility, 14 batting cages, and 6,000-square-foot weight room. And personal lessons, well, those are available year-round at the GRB Academy. With over 300 college players and over 150 Division I players, GRB has led the way in the Midwest for both college recruitment and player development. You can visit their website, grbacademy.com, for more information. That's grbacademy.com. GRB Academy, baseball for the serious player. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.